0: Welcome to another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about why do I worship Jesus? I was once asked by a close family member why I talk about Jesus so much. So it's, just put in perspective, it is a family member that is, does not believe uh, in Jesus or God is, would be seen as, um, as an atheist. She once told me, I don't get it. Why do Christians refer to Jesus more than God? It was a great question, and I don't believe I answered it sufficiently. Actually, I don't even remember my precise answer. I probably just rambled on about how he was the best example of human values and tried to explain his divinity. That question kind of stuck in my head because I felt it was Important to be able to give a a valid answer more than just, you know, faith. Um, It's moments like those that I realize that I have to do a better job in evangelizing. It's just faith probably won't help me get anyone to truly understand God's grace or Jesus. And I realized then that I needed to do a better job studying the Bible and expressing my faith to others. If the question is why Jesus, then the understanding probably has more to do with questioning whether we are worshipping Jesus the man or Jesus as divine. Maybe the question that was meant was, should you worship Jesus? That's probably the first question asked because once answered, why Jesus becomes inevitable. So to the question, should you worship Jesus? The answer largely hinges on his identity. If Jesus is regarded as deity in the same sense as his father, then of course we should worship him. If the New Testament documents identify Jesus with Yahweh, then we should worship Jesus. If he is merely a prophet of God, the worship of Jesus would not be appropriate. The Bible is very clear that we are to worship God alone. I would like to make two references, the Apostles' Creed and the Gospel of John. The Apostles' Creed is just that, the Christian Creed, our professions of faith. Really, when it comes down to is is what we as Christians uh, should believe. The Apostles' Creed states, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. The creed stipulates an awareness of Jesus being one in nature with God the Father, yet also born of a human. John 14 verses 9 to 10 reads, and Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. In these verses, Jesus is explaining that he is the visible, tangible image of the invisible God. He is the complete revelation of what God is like. Jesus explains to Philip, who wanted to see the Father, that to know Jesus is to know the Father, is to know God. The search for God, for truth and reality, starts and ends in Christ. I want to give you another example which is taken from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans. Romans chapter 16, verse 27. Paul ends his letter with, To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Both examples put Jesus as one in nature with the Father. The most correct title for Jesus, as the creed states, is Son of God. If we take Paul his letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 to 17. Another example. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even on the cross. Jesus was human, but he was also divine. If you believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you believe that all three are one. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? In John chapter 8, verses 48 to 59, he clearly does. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death? Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died? And the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Jesus uses the reference, I am, just as God did many times in the Bible. When Moses stood before the burning bush and asked God what his name is. God replied, I am. Colin Smith from unlockingthebible.org does a great job breaking down the beginning of John's gospel. The references can be found in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. He begins to explain the different characteristics of Jesus. First, He is eternal. If we take John chapter 1, verse 1, He says, In the beginning was the Word. It does not say, In the beginning was God, and no one has ever seen Him or made Him known. It says, In the beginning was the Word. What this means is that God speaks. Those who critique faith tell a story like this. No one has ever seen God. We are like blind men trying to describe an elephant. A good response to that story is, what if the elephant was able to speak? What if the elephant can say, let me tell you who I am. I'm a very complex animal with a trunk and a body and a tail. Listen to me, you blind men, and I will tell you who I am. And then you will be able to make sense of your experience. In the beginning was the word. God speaks and he has made himself known. Otherwise, we would never be able to know him. Number two, it's per- personal. The Word was with God. So the Word is not simply an aspect of God or a characteristic of God, like his mercy or his love. There is distinct personality here. That's why John goes on to say, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. John then continues to say, the word was God. So this word is a divine person. He is not part of the creation like the angels and ourselves. The word was with God, and the word was God. Distinct personality and divinity. You find the same thing in verse 18. He is the only God and He is at the God's He has He is at the Father's side. In John, in, in verse 3, John writes, All things were made through him. The creation gives us some knowledge of God. Why is that? Because the creation is God's handiwork. It was made by him and it contains an impression of the one who made it. In him was life. Here's the Bible's answer to the problem of the origin, continuance of life. What makes me alive? The question should be, who makes makes me alive? John continues to write, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The baby in the manger that we celebrate at Christmas was the eternal Word of God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. So let me start from the beginning again. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were made through Him. In him was life. In him we live and move and have our being. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then he goes on to say in chapter, in John chapter 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. And finally in verse 18. No one has ever seen the Father, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. So why do Christians worship Jesus? Because He was at the Father's side from the beginning. He is the one and only Son. He has come down from God. He is God with us. And He has made the Father known. Jesus is the eternal, personal, divine, creating, life-giving, incarnate Son of God. Jesus said, the one who sees me sees the Father and I am the truth I am the light so why do I worship Jesus because in worshiping Jesus I'm getting to know the Father more and more because Jesus showed us the way to the truth he made visible what was invisible God draws near to those who seek him and Jesus is the best example of how to draw near to Him. Through belief in Him, I believe I am saved. And so are you. I hope this was a better answer. And if ever you're asked, why do you worship Jesus? Let me know what your answer would be. Thank you for listening to Two Pillars Podcast. The best way you can support this podcast is to leave a positive review on iTunes or your podcast of choice. Please subscribe to this podcast and I hope to see you or, or I hope to jo- you have us join me next time on Two Pillars Podcast. Thank you.